everybody, this is Mr. Bloom, and I'm coming at you straight from the Mustang's mouth with today's episode of the History Podcast. Our guest today is a 20-plus year veteran of Brick Schools. He is a graduate of Brick Memorial. He has coached and taught at a number of schools in the district and is currently teaching AP in the Social Studies Department here at Brick Memorial. We are uh, proud and happy to be joined by Mr. Cintron. How are you doing today, Mr. Cintron? I'm dynamite. Thank you. Thank you very much for including me, Mr. Bloom. Uh, I've been listening to the podcasts, and i got to tell you, they're, they're cool. They're cool, and I think the teacher's got a lot of neat things to, to share, so I hope I, hope I can uh, carry that, that along. Well, great, and, and that's the general idea is to get the history teachers and any other teachers in the building that, that have an interest in history to come in here and just talk about something related to history that is interesting to them, maybe something that they uh, doesn't make it into the curriculum or something that you might not necessarily learn in one of your classes uh, something sort of under the radar different. So we're very lucky today because Mr. Cintron is going to come in and talk to us about an iconic American, um, somebody who is uh, influential and uh, significant in a number of ways, but yet somebody who in today's society probably flies under the radar. So Mr. Cintron, why don't you tell us a little bit about Jim Thorpe? So Jim Thorpe, it, absolutely, Mr. Bloom, is an iconic figure. And I hope, I hope he hasn't gotten lost, you know, through time in history and and maybe this conversation can help us out. Um, Jim Thorpe was a legitimate uh, superstar by today's standards. I mean, he would have been all over ESPN in today's world. Uh, an outstanding football player, um, an outstanding baseball player, and an Olympic gold medalist. Um, in I forget the year that it was, but in the Norwegian Olympic Games, winning um, the pentathlon and decathlon, if I remember correctly. Um, all while trying to manage all of the social problems that were, well, developing uh, around his, 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 his time in the early or mid-1800s, right through the 1900s. So um, if I'm not mistaken, there's a couple of points that are pretty interesting. A, a pentathlon is a five-event uh, track and field, and a decathlon is a ten-event. So while he was a professional athlete playing uh baseball and football, he also was competing in track and field events in the Olympics. And I think one of the most interesting uh, aspects of this story is uh, is Jim Thorpe's cultural heritage and what that impact has had. So maybe if you could just tell us a little bit about, you know, the cultural background of Jim Thorpe and, and you know, sort of what makes uh, Jim Thorpe uh, particularly heroic to some of the population in the United States right now. <clears throat> That's, that, that's a great question. So Jim Thorpe, you know, the Native American, who was, his family was part of the Trail of Tears, right? The relocation of Native Americans um, throughout the eastern seaboard up into the Great Lakes regions and into Midwest. And he, his family and others were relocated into Oklahoma. He was a young man that struggled to fit in anywhere. Um, he was kind of his own man, even as a young boy, frequently running away from situations that he didn't like. Um, eventually, he winds up at the uh, Carlisle School in Pennsylvania. And it is at this point where he's introduced to football, baseball, and track. But he was also introduced at this time to well, the desire to eliminate the culture of Native Americans and Angli 
Anglicans, them. Oh my gosh, that came out wrong. <laughs> Basically, trying to whitewash Native Americans. So it is it is under that premise that he he continues to develop as a young man and as as an athlete, but also throughout his story, he runs away from confrontations that he doesn't like, only to return and kind of exceed the expectations. And uh, you know, as he continued his life story and and sort of moved out of the athletic realm, was he involved in any kind of uh, community activism or awareness uh, in terms of, you know, helping Native Americans to hold on to their cultural identity? Or did he sort of shy away from, from that sort of publicity as well? That's a great question, too. But so from from my readings of, of um, Jim Thorpe, he was not um, what we would call an activist at the time period. He would actually, he would kind of try to be more reclusive to step away from what was going on. And even towards the end of his life, which was kind of a sad end for someone who had reached such great heights, um, he just, he kind of felt more com- more comfortable being away from the center of the stage. Right. So even though he did sort of shy away from, you know, maybe uh, the, the politics of the era and things like that, uh, you know, as far as your research or as far as you know, is he considered, you know, an iconic figure of Native American culture? Is it sort of, you know, is his identity and his his uh, heroic nature sort of claimed by Native American society in general? Or is, is it sort of one of these things where they felt kind of betrayed that he didn't try to be more vocal or active? Um, I read nothing that there was a feeling of betrayal about them. Actually, there's quite a bit of pride because of the amount of success that he was able to bring. And even in recent years, in terms of documentaries and news reports, um, the, the, there's conversation about the, the, the heroism, if you will, that he was able to muster to do certain things. Um, going to the Olympics. I mean, people of color were not accepted in, into this Olympic community. Um, quite frankly, it's questionable as to why he lost his Olympic medal. So a little background on that. Here he is. He's he's playing football for the Carlisle School of Indians, a, a college. And in the summer, he decided to travel down to the south and play baseball. As it turns out, he was receiving pay for baseball. Nominal, nothing, really not much to mention. And later on, he winds up going to the Olympics and he wins his gold medal and then eventually stripped of that gold medal because he was supposed to be an amateur athlete. So he was very simply trying to make ends meet and play baseball at the same time and loses his Olympic medal. Returned to him posthumously, um, and only his family was able to recognize that success later on. And there are a number of other like uh, significant impacts that he's had historically. From what I understand, he played for the original Pop Warner. Yeah. Uh, that was his uh, high school slash college. I'm not sure exactly how it worked for them, but that was his original football coach was... It- who youth football is named after. My goodness. Like, and this is where I could totally geek out and start talking about sports and stuff. But um, yeah, he, so Pop Warner is what football was based around. He and uh, Amos Alonzo Stagg would be another famous name back in time. But Pop Warner um, is important because he, because of Jim Thorpe, was able to revolutionize the game of football. Football used to look like a huddled mass of, of 22 bodies just banging their heads against each other. And because of the athleticism of Jim Thorpe, Pop Warner was able to develop concepts such as running outside 
the the scrum that was taking place where the football was snapped, uh, eventually leading to the forward pass. Um, so he was, because of his skill set, Pop Warner was able to make adjustments to the game of football as we know it today. So really sort of like the birth of modern football, so to speak. Yeah, football was actually on its way to being eliminated in the United States. If you would listen to college deans and, and various political leaders in our country at the time, they wanted to end it because people were, well, they were breaking bones and losing their lives. Um, Teddy Roosevelt is one of the reasons why football, continue, along with Pop Warner, um, continued in his country because Teddy Roosevelt helped to in, uh, implement the, along with Pop Warner, um, Interscholastic Athletic Association and eventually NCAA, and it created uh, rules that changed how the game was played then and that we still see in today's world. And that's 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 awesome. And and also there was a while there where where uh, professional football. I mean, I believe he was somehow uh, administratively involved in what eventually became the NFL. I think he was the first president of the first professional football league. Uh, And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the first ever player voted MVP award in the NFL was called the Jim Thorpe Trophy. It's pretty cool. And it was pretty. Yeah, it's pretty significant because it was the first time that the players voted for who they thought was the best player in the league. And for it to be named after him, and I think it was named after him for something like 70, 60 or 70 years yeah. uh, until it was finally, you know, probably corporate, corporately sponsored and changed or whatever it might be. <laughs> but certainly, but, um, that's, I mean, that, that, that underscores the esteem to which people looked at him. So even though he may not have been that, that, that um, you know, that, that man that was speaking out against uh, social ills, the people that were around him knew who he was. Yeah, and knew what he stood for. So it's an impressive American story. Uh, and also uh, the town where he lived when he attended the Carlisle School, the two different municipalities merged their town into one and named itself Jim Thorpe, which is also a pretty cool recognition. Uh, it's not Thorpeville or yeah. Thorpe Town. It is literally the town of Jim Thorpe. Uh, so that's pretty cool as well. So uh, we're really happy uh, that you were able to come join us today. We really appreciate your time. I know you're very busy and I know you got a lot going on, but we really appreciate you taking a few minutes. Is there anything else you'd like to add about maybe some of the classes you're teaching right now or anything you're involved in that you want to sign of get out there for the, for the students and, and maybe some of the other staff just to hear about, to be aware of? Yeah, I would love that. Uh, um, first off, I'm flattered to be a part of this. I mean, what, you're, what you put together here, this is outstanding, super cool. I like listen to it when they come out. So I'm an AP US history teacher and we have uh, moderate size course, uh, class loads, I'm sorry, students in our classes. Um, it's a great challenge. We have a lot of fun in it trying to get um, the, the, the A-Push program to grow even more. We grew from last year to this year, hoping the same last year. So any of uh, any underclassmen that are interested in challenging themselves, it's rigorous, but we do have a lot of fun. Um, we learn a lot of different things that you may not catch in a, in a traditional classroom. Um, come check us out. Come say hi, introduce yourself, and, uh, and hopefully we'll see you in A-Push next year. And the uh, opportunity to uh, take the uh, test to earn college credit at a, at a much less uh, financially costly, uh, you know, gambit than than a college course itself. I mean, it's take a, the test for a hundred bucks or whatever. Oh, it is. I mean, I got to tell you, like the opportunity to gain college credits while you're in high school for on the cheap, it's a deal. So that's a, that's another reason to come and check it out. Thanks so much, Mr. Cintron, for being here. Uh, this is Mr. Bloom signing off for the uh, History Podcast, straight from the Mustang's mouth. And remember, it's a good day to be a Mustang. 
Hey Mustangs, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Straight from the Mustangs Mouth, the Brick Memorial Podcast. We appreciate you all for listening. If you're enjoying the show, please don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button on the app you're using. Your support means the world to us. Also, if you've got a moment, leave a review. Your feedback helps us grow and reach even more people. Now, here's an exciting opportunity. If you're passionate about podcasts and want to be a part of what we do, we're always on the lookout for enthusiastic individuals to join our team. Feel free to swing by room 260 and have a chat with Mr. Stefanelli or seek out one of our student staff for more details. Once again, thank you for keeping our podcast alive. Stay tuned for more engaging content straight from the Mustang's mouth. And remember, it's always a great day to be a Mustang.